This is Levy Meyer representing Compass Miami and South Florida, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hey, this is Lane Johnson representing Compass and Aspen, and you are listening to The Real Talk Podcast. Hello, this is Steve, and we're with Weidler Brothers of Compass in the D.C. metro area, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. This is Naomi Klein representing the Compass office in Beverly Hills, and you're listening to The Real Talk Podcast. What up, everybody? This is Chef Jack Harris at the uh, Talk Team Podcast. This is Jade with the Jessica Northrup team from Denver, Colorado, and you are listening to the Real Talk Podcast. All right, fellas, welcome to another episode of Real Talk. Um, This week's been a little crazy. I was in Aspen and Vail, Colorado for the last, uh, for for over the New Year's break, and while it was really fun, uh, definitely tiring, I'm still recovering from it, but... I do have to say, we're just going to go right into it. We're kicking off 2020 in the best way possible on the Real Talk platform. Last week, like I said before, I had the opportunity to get my good friend uh, my good friend Lane Johnson from Aspen, Colorado. And today, we have our South Beach Miami extraordinaire, <laughs> Levy Meyer, joining me on what will be an awesome episode of Real Talk. And like I said before, behind every business individual... There is a subconscious library of influences that shapes who we are. It's easy to forget that our ideas are actually the manifestations of our life experiences. Our business work ethic and style is an outward expression of our past and current habits. Whether you're running a real estate business engrossed in the fabric and culture of Aspen, Colorado and its people, hiking up the Highland Bowl, hanging out at the Nell, taking clients out on cloud nine, and skiing or fishing in the backcountry while navigating the thousand acres of White River National Forest, like your backyard, or you're a surfer broker that frequents Montauk and sips cocktails with clients at Gurney's. Real estate and any business in general is a summary of exactly that. And speaking of subconscious library of influences that shapes who you are as a business person, Levy is part of the cultural fabric of just that, but in Miami, Florida. While he's a super broker in his own way, listing trophy properties like the Porsche's Nine Tower 2901 and closing waterfront lots and beachside homes off South Beach. He can be seen hanging out at 1-800-LUCKY at the Wynwood and taking his family out on the boat through the ocean channels of Miami. Levy and I met in Aspen in the summer of 2014 when we opened up our first Compass office in Colorado, going back to Aspen again. He's not a winter guy whatsoever, so I'm happy to have met him in the city where the primary activities are known for winter sports. He's a Miami native that understands and appreciates the diverse and ever-changing landscape of South Florida. Through his dynamic real estate career, Levy has received numerous of accolades, including annual top producer and most innovative marketing, as well as media recognition, recognition for several record-breaking sales. He's one of 10 siblings. He has four sisters and five brothers. Grew up in his younger years in Virginia. And prior to real estate, had a stint in defense contracting uh, working alongside the DOD, Department of Defense, sourcing $50 million worth of quote-unquote goods to the U.S. DOD in Iraq and, uh, and Afghanistan. Levy's a father of two and a wife to Lauren. You may follow his personal Instagram at Levy Mayer, L-E-V-I-M-E-Y-E-R-R-E, and his business Instagram at the Mayer Group R-E, the, the M-E-Y-E-R-G-R-O-U-P-R-E. So, Levy, welcome. 
Welcome. That's, it sounds like uh, like uh, like the beginnings of like a two truths and a lie episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like, which of those which things were that? really true? Like, yeah. Am I wife to Lauren or was I an arms dealer? <laughs> Did I grow up in Virginia? <laughs> and do I own a boat? <laughs> <laughs> or all of the above? Or, you know, or as Lane Lane calls it, a hole. <laughs> I've come to learn that a lot of these guests that we've had, their resumes are so extraordinarily long. They have done so much in such short time span that it's impossible to list them all. Well, I think that's because very few people grow up wanting to be a realtor. Like No, no little child, almost <laughs> no child dreamt of growing up to be a realtor. So you go off to do all these other things and you realize you don't like them and then at some point you, you come across real estate and it's you know it's either for you or it's not, and for for me you know it's it was a it was a home run. Yeah, there you go. But, but yeah, you know, it took Danielle, me it took me a while to get here though. Danielle, growing up, she was visiting. Uh, she, she, that was uh, one of her inspirations growing up. She liked. I just liked books. real estate as a concept. I didn't know I wanted to be a realtor. <laughs> she liked. She liked <laughs> I was like, I, I, did, I did do like the Gary Vaynerchuk as like the realtor. You know, he like <laughs> swings his arm like it's like. Yeah, um, you know what it's like being a realtor. But, but it's funny. It's like, one of the reasons I chose to be a real a, a realtor was because it was it was a wholesome, it was a wholesome job, like like an honest business. <laughs> a good honest you know, there was, wholesome like, there was, job. Yeah, there was like, uh, <laughs> you know, it was like I was, there was so many other places. Not that it was that I was this. I was just terrible industries that are much more complex. And yeah. real estate was just like hey, you're selling houses to people. It's great. <laughs> it's like, you can sleep at night. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, well, first of all, welcome to New York. I'm happy you're here. We we just saw each other uh, November. November, yeah, yeah. November twelfth yeah. uh, or so. 13th. It's been a little over a little over a week. Oh, hey, come on we'll in. Get, we'll give a guest star. Come on in. We're like we're Mr. live Rogers. right now. It's like Mr. Rogers. Welcome to the neighborhood. Yeah, we're live right now. Please. 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 A little hug. Good to see you, Ryan. Good to see you. What's up? Welcome. What's up, guys? Welcome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Later. We are live. This is a hot mic right here. Awesome. You're in the middle of a podcast. Right now, you're. Pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. For for those that are not aware, we have uh, Frank Suriano in the room. Frank is a a good friend of mine. He is obviously a New York City broker. And he actually, uh, him and I just came back from a trip in Colorado. You guys don't mind if I join for a little bit, do you? A little bit, but you can't talk. Of course. Okay. Uh, Frank, how was Aspen? Uh, it was fantastic. Oh what did you think god. about Dale and Aspen in general? Oh my it god, was, it was awesome. It that was, was awesome. one of the be- one of the best videos that came out of the that skiing? Aspen trip. Him was his first <laughs> skiing moment. His first moment. He's like, he's like, you know, he was, he was. What do they call it? Pizza, French fries, pizza, yeah. French yeah. fries. And he was like all French fries. <laughs> I'm skiing. It's my first time. And he's like, whoa, 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 pizza. And then face plant. <laughs> and then the next the next slide was actually so him on the ground with the ski poles all over the place. Well, no, I have a really, I have a really good friend who was snowboarding down a mountain. So he's like, he's Instagram. He's like, Insta- he's yeah. on his Instagram stories, and he's skiing. He's like, oh my god, look! And then and he's going down the mountain. It's like, wow, that's really steep. Like he shouldn't be Instagramming. <laughs> next video on his, next video is on his way to the emergency room. <laughs> and video after that, X-ray of his snapped bone. Oh god! <laughs> yeah. Luckily, none of that happened to me. Luckily, no, no. This guy kind it's of uh, was babysitting me day one. Yeah. yeah. For yeah. a little bit. Oh, for a yeah, little yeah, yeah. Bit. I, I had to make sure. I had to make Anyways, sure you, you were good. Yes, welcome, Frank. Thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah, I wouldn't have honestly gone if it wouldn't have been for uh, Mr. Yamaguchi over here. So he encouraged me to go. Yeah. And, uh, nice. I, I took him up on the offer, and it was, we had a great time. Great time. Great time. We had a great time. Hanging out with Lane Johnson. Seeing fellow Compass Lane friends Johnson. out there. Speaking, speaking yeah. of Lane, it's like that's a hard act to follow on your podcast. I mean, I'm, it's, a, it's like the he's, he's still a 2019 interview, right? 
He was pre-New Year's? Uh, he was New Year's so Eve. I'm, so I'm kicking off the Real Talk you Podcast 2020. Podcast to be recorded in 2020. Numero uno. Numero uno. So, so yeah, I'm not. It's it's a tough act to follow, Lane. But this, but it, the clock is reset. This is it's a it's a new slate. Yeah, yeah. So well, actually, you and Frank both are we now show them up. first recording of 2020. Frank, get so. out of this office, man. <laughs> I'm stealing your thunder. <laughs> so let's let's get you know I'm gonna give you some softball questions, lady. You know why did you get into real estate? Well, what who got you? Who got it? Who got you into it? You were dealing arms. You were an arms dealer beforehand. You were working <laughs> at Greenline Vans before that, or sometimes. Some, uh, yeah, no. So, so, that, so, so, uh, so, you know, I, I, we can we can go through a, a, a long. I can try to summarize the, the the sort of the roadmap that got me into real estate. But the long story short is that is that uh, I I went to an, a yeshiva growing up. Yeah. I, I was uh, sort of railroaded, and and being prepped to be a rabbi. Uh, and it, and it, it dawned on me at a relatively early age in my mid-teens that I, I the rabbinute wasn't for me, um, and so and so when I when I realized that, that in this particular in this particular yeshiva or high school it was like it was rabbinute or bust, um, I busted, uh-huh. and and I went off and I got a job doing sales for a guy named Stuart Halskenner, who is now actually in an interesting twist of fate. He's actually now a rabbi, um, but back then he was a former Wall Street guy who was. Who was who was a, an entrepreneur and he had these startup businesses. One of which was a uniform manufacturing company. So he put me put me behind a desk, put, gave me a tape recorder, you know, that you attach to the phone. Gave me a few books on on you know how to how to speak with people, how to sell, how to do phone sales, and so on. And he taught me everything that you need to know about picking up a phone and dialing for dollars. Cool. Uh, that sort of led me through various different. Uh, various different industries. I I, I did. Uh, I managed call centers at some point for for a Visa subsidiary selling credit cards. Um, later, that transitioned into 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 a, a career in in call centers for moving for moving companies. Uh, and somewhere in the middle, a friend of mine called me and asked me to come work with him on a def- in, in a defense contracting. Uh, Company, which is a, is a more formal way. Defense contract is a more formal way of saying arms dealing, uh, but it's but it is more formal because you're you're selling arms to the Department of Defense in in Iraq and Afghanistan. You know we were not hustling arms to Nepal. Um, you know we were we were bidding on contracts and and shipping plane loads and and. and Boatloads of ammunition into into Umkasar port in Iraq or, or Kabul Air Force Base. Uh, That's really so, cool. I, I didn't actually know that that was so, uh, true. But you you were selling to U.S. forces, right? Not to so, uh, or defense contracting with to, the United States Department of Defense. We right. were bidding on U.S. DoD contracts. This was not like we weren't selling them. We're in not the selling the Iranians. We did have a, we did have a business <laughs> so, where, we, where we would import we would import uh, hunting ammunition, and I was in charge of of the the domestic retail ammo distribution. So we would I would I would call all the the local ammo distribution companies in the U.S. and sell them pallets of hunting ammo, and wow. you know it was it was it was a, a, a it was a, a different life. Awesome. But uh, that that didn't end very well. It was a complicated mess. Uh, there was federal federal investigations involved, and some people went to jail. Ooh. For the most part, you know, for the most part, thanks <laughs> for good stories. Right? For the yeah. thanks for great stories. Yeah. Um, and and at real estate, the, how I actually got into real estate was because the the attorney that I was that I, that I was working for at that point, I'd asked him. I said, look, I didn't get indicted. I, I, you know, none of this was me. I didn't go down for any of this. And the reality is, can I, can I go back into doing the DOD contracts? Can I get back into whether it's arms and ammunition or just general defense contracting? Uh, I have people that are asking me if I can, if I know the business and they're willing to back me financially. 
So, you know, he says, look, you, you just paid me a pretty hefty sum to make sure that the world understood that you're just a nice guy, got mixed up in the wrong business, and so on and so forth. But, you know, why don't you go do something a little more wholesome? And I said, what, <laughs> what am I going to do? I said, without, you know, I'm a high school dropout at this point. So, you know, like, there's not much that I can go do. And he says, well, well, you know, you're a nice Jewish boy, man. Go sell real estate. You'll be great at it. Like okay, great, fine. The most and then, difficult answer ever. But yeah, the right but, answer. But ever. but you know, timing, <laughs> timing, timing is everything. That was 2008, and people were running for the hills. So I, I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. And I was like, so I went to manage more call centers for a little while, um, and then int- real estate was later reintroduced as as an idea when I when I was engaged to be married, and I was working in the moving business, which which surprisingly is is a dirtier business than arms and ammunition distribution. Huh. I bet, yeah. Um, it, you know. I wanted something that was a little different, and and real estate, real estate was something I always I'd always liked. I always had an interest in. My my uncle is a real estate appraiser. My grandfather was a real estate appraiser. My great uncle was a real estate developer, and his father before that. And so the real estate is in my blood, and um, so I kind of took the plunge and, and decided to just throttle forward. And what are we almost you have nine siblings. Seven years. Them, seven years later, none, none of them wanted to go into real estate though. Uh, no, but I call it the Meyer Group and not the Levy Meyer Group. So I'm, I, you know, it's Easter egg. I'm leaving that open in case any of them want to join me. Sure, I like it. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about your first deal. How did you come? How did you come across it? Uh, so a lot of my first deals, my first year was really scrappy. Um, there wasn't the, the brokerage I joined didn't didn't uh, didn't have much of a training program, and so uh, I, I had to just pick up a few pieces and run with it. And so what I would do is I would I would uh, take listings that were on the internet for rentals and I'd post them on Craigslist. Uh, <laughs> and I would just now take them, I'd post Classic. them, i post them for sale. And at the time you were allowed to, then later you had to get agent permission to repost them. But at that time you were allowed to do it. So I was posting them. And then it got to a point where I was getting too many phone calls and I was running around showing rentals. So I, I went on, on one of these websites like, uh, I forget what, one of the, what, one of the, one of these websites where you post jobs. Zillow's? Well, you post, oh. you post jobs and people bid for them. It's a lot of like Philippines and, and India yeah. and Pakistan. Um, and and so I hired some like virtual assistants to sit and post oh, cool. the listings nice. for me every day. So I was like, yeah, well, here's a spreadsheet, system. and that's it. And I hired these guys, and I had VAs, and they would post and do certain things and kind of uh, pre-qualify for me at, at a certain point. And then I just run around and do these showings. So my first year, I did uh, close to two dozen rentals, and I was just running around like a rental machine. I was actually rookie of the year at my previous brokerage uh, for just rentals. The manager was like, oh my god, we've never had anybody do so many rentals <laughs> before. Yeah, and then, but all the while, I knew that like I wanted to, I wanted to do sales, and yeah. and so I was I was kayaking with my former um, my former broker, his name is Manny Chamizo, and he's now still a really good buddy of mine. Uh, but he lived on the Gables Waterway, and he set me up. He said, hey, where do you want to sell? What do you want to do? I said, I want to sell expensive luxury real estate. So he said, well. Focus on the, pardon me. Focus on the water. So you know, he had a house on the water, and we would kayak up and down and study the fact. When you, what you learn about waterfront real estate is that is that when you drive by a waterfront house on the street, you actually don't get to see much you of the house. Well Lots this. of hedges and, and privacy fences. Mm. It looks totally you, different. But you get in a kayak or a paddleboard or jet ski or a boat, and suddenly now you really see. You get to you get to really get a feel for You're each so house. You're so right. When you told me around in that paddleboat, I was like, wow, these houses <laughs> yeah. way better yeah. in the back. You well, can drive up a street and not know which side of the road is waterfront, but when you're in the water, you see a whole different world. And yeah. so, and so, so we also in South Florida. I mean, I grew up in South Florida myself, and it's. Um, a lot of times, which I'm sure you can attest to, a lot of times these properties, they're kind of shaped like pizza slices in the mm-hmm. sense that, you know, the the part of the property that you see from 
the street is a very narrow piece of the property. Yeah, it's it's, and the, all it's of the, the corner of the triangle, exactly. exactly. But then you get out to the water, and it's the yeah. it's, you know it's the wide part. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Um, Interesting. And so and so a part of a part of the the history between high school and real estate that I, I skipped over accidentally was when I went to Israel on a trip and decided to join the Israeli army. Was and right? oh, and nice. I was yeah, so I, so I did a I did a stint in the Israeli army, which. Worked out about as well as high school and college for me. <laughs> uh, yeah, go figure. It's not. It's not something that's. I just wasn't made for for that kind of uh, of, of regimented schedule. And um, but but I, I used a little bit of what I had learned in the Israeli army, and, we, and I was like, hey, it's reconnaissance time. So I would make dossiers. I had spreadsheets. Uh, I, I, was, I was so laser focused on this point, this section of the Gables Waterway. I would kayak it regularly. Any friend that was willing to like get in a kayak with me and go, it was just like, hey, let's go kayaking. And I'm, I'm like, <laughs> I'm using Google Maps to drop pins on houses and make notes. It's like, hey, that guy one's got a blue tarp. This oh. guy's, this guy's grass is overgrown. They haven't nice. taken their board, their shutters down. The hurricane was three months ago. <laughs> and like little, little, little like clues that you could find to say, hey, yeah. like these people may not. Be, be, be maximizing. Or... They may not be maximizing their waterfront living, and maybe it's time for them to sell. Right. Um, so, we, so I really, while I was doing all the rentals, I focused a lot on the Gables Waterway until the first one dropped, and I, you know, and it was my. So that was my my first deal was a waterfront deal. And, and so, how did you get that first one? Uh, I did a lot of. A, it was it was very grassroots. I was knocking on doors. I was sending letters. Uh, you know, I was telling people I have cash buyers, which. I did. I mean, I didn't have necessarily buyers that were active family looking for buyers, but I had investors that were like, go get me a deal in the water. We'll yeah. rehab it and sell it. So, you know, if, if, if they were willing to sell at a price that made sense, I mean, yeah, I got a cash buyer for you. Mm -hmm. So we would send these letters and knock on doors and just hit it and hit it and hit it until we finally, until we finally got one. And then another one that I was working on came through. And I mean, it was a tough time. Even though I was doing all these rentals, uh, money was tight. Rentals don't pay a lot of money. And I remember that was... You know, I was down to, before my son Benjamin was born, I was down to $175 in my bank account. And and then f he was born and literally this deal just happened. And the commission I made off of it because of a referral and a split or whatever was uh, $17,500, which was very, was a, quite a sign. It went from one seven five to seventeen five. Yeah. Um, and and then the next one came through and I made forty five dollars or $50,000. I'm like, wow, that's money i mean i did almost two dozen rentals and i made like eighteen thousand yeah. dollars <laughs> yeah. you know and i go like, wow now i made 60 70 and, and um and since then i've done i've done a ton of homes on the on the gables waterway i'm i'm, I'm i wouldn't necessarily say i've sold the most but uh def probably the most encompassed on the gables waterway mm -hmm. and, right. Congrats. and and I'm, I'm laser focused on it these days now i, I have a boat which i bought from uh, the, the seller of one of those houses, and now I'm keeping the boat at a new house that we have listed. Which was uh, immediately we'll broken during the retreat. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. Oh? The boat is always broken when you have too many friends in town. It's, oh, it's being serviced. It's been serviced. But now I'm actually keeping the boat at, at, at a buddy's house who, who bought, you know, I sold the house for 1.7, then two houses later, we bought one for one and a quarter. And he's fixing it up. We're actually using some Compass Concierge money to do that. And in the interim, my boat's behind there. So I'm very focused on the Gables Waterway. Jonathan Rosen referred a client to me who happened to, guy, by Jonathan chance, Rosen, yeah. Jonathan's the man. Yeah. Love him. He's, um, he's been referring to some pretty big, big clients. Oh, he did. I, 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 you probably hear about that on, the, on, the, on my predecessor's podcast. No? He's, <laughs> a, he's, he's a man of the people, the Compass people. He uh, is a man of the people. But, yeah, but you know, he didn't refer to me because he knew he was looking on the Gables Waterway. It was just because, hey, he's Miami, Levy, Levy, Miami, Miami. Miami, Levy. He so just he, happens to be so he referred him to me, and yeah. it turns out yeah. he's looking for a house on the Gables Waterway. Yeah. Uh, that is my jam. Nobody knows that better than me. 
Um, and I was able to actually utilize. Now I've graduated from kayaks to, to, be, to be able to like, <laughs> take clients on my boat and go up and down yeah. and show them uh, the side of the water that you're not going to see unless you have a boat. Yeah, it's great. So, great. so I don't. Know, the question was how to get into real estate, and, I, and, and, I, and all that came out of it. No, that's good. It was good. It's, kind of like, uh, <laughs> it's like any training uh, or any, any business training 101. It's how do you get started in your own business? Well, no one's going to hand you anything. No. You have to kind of do the grunt work first. You have to get your hands a little dirty. You have to know and understand the business marketplace. Yeah. So, so to the to the to the to the new agents or agents that are still, uh, you know, working their way up through those those first years and really trying to 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 to, to go into second gear, uh, my advice is always uh, number one: don't don't focus on the money as much as 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 the experience. That's that's and it's hard to say because everybody we gotta we gotta. You got bills yeah, to pay. You got bills to pay. Yeah, we get it. But but this is not a business. People, there's a, the common misconception of real estate, which I think is is you know a question you commonly ask is is uh, it, it, this is this is a business that we call it survive for five. It's going to take you five years to build, or unless you're super well connected and you're coming in with your with your your buddies That's and friends and family. Yep. It's but like for the most for most of us, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to earn your keep. You know how many people like show up on Facebook and say, "Hey, I got my license. Anybody looking to buy, sell, or rent?" Like we see that every day. Nobody trusts you. Why should I trust you? Why should I trust you with the most important purchase we, or sale of my of my life? You because were kind of a weirdo in high school. I don't yeah, know. Man. I don't trust you. No, and it's, <laughs> even among your, even among your friends and your colleagues and the people in your synagogue or church or your kids' school, you know, just because you got your license yesterday doesn't mean everybody's going to come list their house with you. You have to prove that you know what you're doing, and that comes in experience and in. Uh, research. Sure. And so, so for me, I, I, I drilled down onto the Gables Waterway. Uh, I knew every home, who bought it, who sold it, how much they paid, is it updated, does it have impact windows, is there a blue tarp on their roof, uh, and I would, I would constantly study it. I, my screensaver for almost a year was was an, was an aerial view of the Gables Waterway. I just focused on it until I'm the expert there. And when you finally get that interview, you finally get that appointment with that seller, or you run into somebody, you know, it's a little bit of luck and a lot of hard work, but when you get that moment, you're ready for it. And when they realize that you can talk price per foot, and you can talk bridge heights, and you can talk elevation certificates and flood zones, and you and you understand that this side of the water is one school zone, and actually that one that you're looking at across the way, even though it's the same city, same zip code, same neighborhood, that's, that's a different that's a different school zone, and that makes a difference. And this one's 14 feet elevation, and you know, we, we'll be sitting out here the day after a storm, sipping, sipping coffee, looking across the canal to somebody who's five foot elevation has water up to their living room. So those it little also helps you can pull up to the with your boat to the it, dock. And well, that was that was one of the main reasons. Is that why something I that a lot of people have done and like incorporated into their businesses down in Miami? Is what is like uh, boat. yeah, boat travel versus like driving around like. I mean, cars. it's 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 a little more show than it is practical, yeah. but it but it but it is nice to be able to <clears> to tell. Uh, homeowners that live on the water that you understand that you're a boater mm. you understand what they're there you know you understand the intricacies you understand their needs it's, it's a different life living on the I water i think it's super valuable Can to you be able to drive yeah on a boat, on a yeah boat. so yeah. i mean I've, I've done buyer boat tours but usually it's not <coughs> we're not doing uh we're not doing home tours like if i have five showings scheduled we're not pulling up to each one by boat it's <laughs> it's, it's just uh, we'd rather it's easier to go you know it's easier to go my car. But yeah, the old traditional method by car. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it is nice to be able to say, hey, let me, you know, this is the, na- these are the two, three neighborhoods that you want to live in on the water. Let's, let's do a little ride up the canal one day 
and you, you know you mm -hmm. start at two o'clock you go up a few canals you know, by the time you're done you're, you're cruising home into the sunset you have a drink or two they get a feel for these neighborhoods and now they really have a better understanding and and, and truth be told again elevations bridge heights uh, sea walls these are these are real concerns for people Big that time. are living on the water Big and time. if you don't know that you don't know that so that when having the boat for me was a step into well you know I really want to I, I, I want to be able to to identify with these people and I want them to be able to identify with me but it's this boat's a learner it's a learning curve mm -hmm. this, is, this is this is a starter boat guys do people, <laughs> do people put do do brokers actually put the same way they do signs out front you know uh street side do they put them out <laughs> yeah houses? yeah so waterfront waterfront <laughs> homes you need you need two signs one on the street one on the water That's great yeah. um now where i one of the areas that i most uh, that i focus on specifically and miami beach is different right but but coral gables the city of coral gables has a, a, a ridiculous restriction on real estate signs. Um, it's a 40 square inch sign. So that basically means four by 10. It's essentially a glorified business card. Oh, it's small. And that's it. Uh -huh. yeah. so, so, but no so you can't really see anything from it, but but if you see a stick in the grass and a business card hanging from it, you know that house is for sale. And maybe you pull up a little closer just to get so the, to read the- So you can't use the future real yeah, estate so you, uh, compass sign. No, you can't use yeah. the future real estate compass sign. That's completely, uh, that's completely You're forbidden. You're to have to do some modifications on that But what sign, we do, right? what I do, you know, there's tricks. So you're allowed to put a sign hanger. So, so I'll put on the water side, I'll put my sign and then the hanger just says my, my phone number. Mm -hmm. Big letters, as big as they can get. Mm -hmm. And on the front side, I'll have a sign and a hanger that says waterfront. Because somebody driving up Riviera or Granada or Dunia may not know that that's a waterfront home because you right. can't tell when you're driving up no. on the street. So, uh, But yes, real estate agents do have to focus and think about uh, the water side of things. So the boat is kind of like your business. You know, it, it, Getting into the entrepreneur side of, of things, most people want to grow, right? They want to grow their business. You have a bro you have a boat that gives you an edge against some of the other uh, real estate brokers out there. You know, how do you how how else right now are you growing your business? And and what's, what what's what is your business? Like, we're, we're, Frank's trying to oh, sneak, Frank, Frank trying to sneak out of here without <laughs> saying goodbye. <laughs> I, I gotta say goodbye, I gotta say goodbye. Right. Listen, it was a pleasure seeing you, buddy. We're doing a happy hour, come. Absolutely. We'd All love right. to. I'm gonna grab dinner. I have a client dinner at six PM and uh, then I'm I'm Perfect. down and hang out with you guys. Okay? All right. Take care, it was a pleasure. Right, Thank you guys. See ya. Awesome. So, just like any entrepreneur, what they want to do is they want to grow their business. What are you doing outside? Obviously, you have a boat, but what else are you doing to grow your business? Well, what what gives you the edge? So, like in any business, you have to kind of look at where where the their, their business can come from various different places. Um, some people focus on a farm and they and they they just hit that neighborhood: letters, mailers, mm -hmm. door knocking, you know, sponsoring events, being whatever you can do to just be present in a particular neighborhood. Uh, so that you can be the go-to in that neighborhood. Yeah. Um, admittedly, I haven't done that very well outside of of the Gables, of the Gables Waterway. Okay. Um, I, I, where I where I tend to thrive um, is is just in networking. I, I'm great with people, and I, and I'm, so for me, I leverage that to mean to mean meet more people, be at more places. I mean, even the fact that I'm here in New mm -hmm. York was was a conscious effort to say, hey, there's a lot of people moving from New York City to Miami because of the 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 uh, salt taxes, which are the which are the the, the income taxes in the state sure. of New York and yep. and the limitations on their tax deductions. Seven hundred thousand dollars in deductions, ten thousand dollars in real estate. So so you know, the, but but lately, even though people aren't advertising or talking about it, I'm seeing it. You know, I'm it's working with, I'm working with five different buyers that are moving to Miami or moving to Florida 
more, more, more from New York, more or less for the for the purpose of, sure. of saving on taxes. Sure, um, totally. So, so you know, for me, I said, you know what, I, you know, I go to I go to all the retreats. So, growing your business for me, I'm I'm trying to really double down on my network, my agent referrals, uh, people in my synagogue, people in my kids' school, people that I see at the park, because uh, I'm just better. In person. Yeah, mm-hmm. you definitely um, are. And you're a mover and you're a shaker. I completely see that. And that's definitely your game. See, probably you're one of the most social guys at Compass anyway. So, you know, there's no denying that with my, by any means. Uh, it, Gordon actually said today that I'm arguably the the most uh, the most well-networked agent at, oh, for at sure. Compass. Well, I, Everyone knows you. For yeah. sure. Well, Joe, Joe Bells is fighting hard for that title. But nope, he ain't coming even close. No. Yeah, I, I hope he does one day. <laughs> I hope he does, but that, that, that's fine. We have an inside running joke. I'm just, um, throwing, I'm just throwing a little, a little what's up. T- talk to me right now. We're, we're running out of time quickly. We are running out of time uh, because quickly. Because there's so much good nuggets coming for me right now, and I, it's hard to catch Well, no, no. We, well, again, we're titling this uh, part, one part one of yes, series Lady Le- Le- Meyer does the Real Talk podcast. Well, you know, to Le- be determined. Lady has a part two coming, too. So okay. No, with the, well, part, this part one, we're definitely going to do it, too. Um, I'd say let's make it a four-part series. Whatever you want, man. Four-part, five-part. <laughs> you know, this podcast is going to go on for a long time. Uh, so, so tell me, tell me, what is it that you wanted to? What can we talk about? I want to add some value to I, I, agents I, I, instead I, of just I, rambling about myself. And it's not even it's not just agents; it's other businesses, right? It's other so it's, it's, this is a business podcast. So uh, there are a lot of there are a lot of c- competition in New York City. I just came back from Aspen. You know, there's Element. There's cool. a huge powerhouse there. Southern Aspen is a very competitive market. Very competitive those are, those market. Those are big dollars. Big dollars Miami, big competition. Thing, extremely competitive. I mean, you have the Elements and Corcoran's down there, too. You have the Sotheby's down there. But you also have the local boutique, quote-unquote, high-end agencies. Yeah. You know, talk to me about uh, your, uh, let's just say you're competing for Differentiation. a listing. You're competing for a listing, and the seller is cho- is choosing between you another high-end brokerage or luxury brokerage, and maybe a discount agency. And they say, well, what can you do for me? You know, this company will do for 3% less, 2% less. Or this company will do it for uh, a three-month term rather than a six-month exclusive or two-month exclusive, whatever. How do you differentiate yourself from the the discount market and the, the flexibility market? So, so from the discount market, you know, that's, that's probably the easiest that's probably the easiest rebuttal or, 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 or thing that you can mm-hmm. refute. Okay. Um, Tell me about you it. You know, first of all, we all know that, that that cheap doesn't mean quality. Nope. You know, and <laughs> so so the, the the guy that's the guy or gal that's willing to cut their commission just to earn the business, you know, maybe they're hungry, and maybe that you know, the seller might think that that translates to they're hungry and fight. But but in reality, you know, you, you want to get the best bang for your buck. But but if we're talking about cutting a point from your commission. You know, it's one percent of the purchase price, and and I don't think there's a seller in the that's really out there that wouldn't take ninety nine percent of their list price, right? So sure. so if you can't get a deal done because of a one percent split, I, I I don't I don't even really believe that that is a serious enough seller. It comes to a point where where you have to say, you get what you pay for, and and the agent that's out there doing it for a four percent. And now they're giving two and two to another agent. So again, demotivating agents by cutting the buyer's agent's commission to two percent doesn't doesn't do anybody any favors. Um, and at the same token, there's agents that are taking four percent, giving three to the buyer, keeping one for themselves, and just figuring oh, wow. to do volume business. Huh. And while yes, you're doing volume business, you know how motivated is the agent that's only getting one point? You're not going to last in this business. <laughs> you know. Yeah. So so I just think no. There there is you have to you have to demand a certain 
you have to decide what it is that your 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 worth, your value is, and you have to stick to your guns on that. Uh, somebody, I think, and it, but but what it comes to for me, you 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 can't work with everybody. There's too much yeah, real estate. There's too much real estate. I can't sell all the real estate in Miami, <laughs> let alone you know. It's just there's just too much. Yeah. So so you know, and while we're all just fighting for a piece of it, for me. I, I just think that there's going to be people that are going to vibe really well with me, and I, I am a, I'm a, I know I'm, a, I know I'm a special, I'm a special star, <laughs> You're a special little cookie, you know? right? I'm not for everybody, but, um, but what I, what I try to do is I try to just do differentiation. So right. you know, I, even within Compass, I say, listen, you know, first of all, what Compass offers versus this other luxury broker or this boutique broker, mm-hmm. or that discount broker, you know, we offer coming soon's, we have concierge, we have the bridge loan program, we have, we have, you know, a, a at least in Miami, a, a 10% agent to staff to agent ratio. We have support. We have the technology that makes all of our, our marketing easier so that I can create a quick flyer or a quick newsletter in minutes, seconds in some cases, and then get to the busy work, which is actually, you know, the part that's actually going to help sell your right. home, which is calling agents, asking for their okay. feedback, following up on showings, dragging people to a broker's opens, making sure that your your property has exposure beyond me blasting it out in emails and sending mailers in your community. So, you know, I think what I do is I show them that A, Compass has all this, and that's the brokerage, that dif- that's the brokerage differential, but what makes me different, for, that's going to be a different answer for everybody, and I think we all need to kind of reach in, dig deep, and figure out who we are and what it is that separates you, what is your differentiator. And for me, I'm scrappy. You know, we talked about me being one of 10 kids. You know, there was, you gotta like, be scrappy. Like, I had to build alliances with my sisters, and like, I scratch your back, you scratch mine, just to get dinner some nights, you know? <laughs> like, like, I was like, hey, I'm working, I'm not gonna be home and be home late, save me some dinner, and what are you gonna do for me? And we'd cut a deal, and she put a, a you know, she put a plate in the microwave for me, and like, you know, she'd hide it in the back of the fridge. It was just to get dinner was, was hard in my, That's in my, in, 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 so, so like, just, just from being one of 10, I'm scrappy. And then I've been in the Israeli, I've been in the Israeli, Israeli army I've, you know I've, I've managed call centers selling credit cards on the phone you know, <laughs> that is, you know you can sell somebody on the points and the mileage system or whatever it is that you know they low APRs and everything's gravy and you say great so your social security number and then it's click yeah, sorry yeah flatline so you know that that's a hard you know so I've, I've put in the time to be very scrappy and, and uh, for me what I tell people is I have an assistant I have compass behind me that makes my marketing beautiful, easy, and efficient. I'm going to offer you the same as any other top agent or producer. We're all going to do beautiful marketing. We're going to do drone videos. I'm going to do a virtual mm-hmm. tour. I'm going to do, you know, your house is vacant. You know, we might use concierge to fill it with stage furniture, or I might do virtual staging. Sure. You know, we might do decluttering in real life. For, but, but what you're going to get with me is when the going gets tough, you know, when it comes time to negotiate, when the appraisal doesn't come in at the price you had hoped, when the inspection is littered with all kinds of prices, when the, the fourth round of negotiations is here, uh, I'm the guy that rolls up his sleeves, that digs deep and gets and gets it done. You know, and, and I think for me, that's a big differentiator. Hey, you just sold me. Yeah, I'm sold. <laughs> yeah, Danielle's sold yeah. too. Uh, we're going to wrap up. We have a couple more questions, a couple more minutes. Danielle's got a question for you as well. Mm. Go ahead. I haven't a thought question? of it yet. Uh, so oh. when you, think about it. Uh, when you when you make a hire, because you were good friends with you, uh, one of your uh, junior agents that we all like, uh, but when you look for a new hire on your team, who what do you look for in that new hire? Uh, what are the qualities? What kind of questions do you ask? So I, I came to Compass with a team of, of almost six people or yeah, so. Yeah. Um, 
and I didn't really set out to build a team. It just kind of happened. But but when I jumped to Compass, a bunch of people kind of wanted to come with me, and so we, we came over as a team. Um, what I learned in that process, the bigger is not better, um, and it's it's very hard. It's very hard to to, to manage, uh, especially junior agents, especially young up and coming new agents that have a million questions that have that make a million mistakes yeah. and you're the guy at the top having to answer to all those mistakes. Yeah. So, uh, you know, for me, I actually got to a point where I where it was slowing me down and my business was suffering while I was trying to build something that the idea is that, you know, you help agents underneath you grow and then you take a little bit off the top and like and everybody grows together. Mm-hmm. But what what ended up happening was I started drowning trying to help others. And, you know, like they tell you on the plane, put your own mask on first. So yeah. I actually decided I was going to scale back, focus yeah. on me, infrastructure, get, you know, set my roots and build slowly from there. Now what I actually focus on when I'm looking for new agents and I'm, and I'm not looking for new agents. In fact, the last person I hired to my team, I told her I'm, I'm not looking to hire anybody. Mm-hmm. And she gave me 10 reasons why I should hire yeah, her. Sure. And, I, and I was like, all right, sold. You're ah. welcome aboard, Laura. Okay. Um, and she's fantastic. Laura Goldberg, who's on my team, and she's, you know, she, she had a, a career in, in, as a concierge. You know, she, she had a whole concierge business of her own. She understands what it takes to service a client. But what I look for now is are people that are client-focused, that have business experience. It may not be real estate, but they know how to, how to make sure the client comes first, the client is, is always right to make sure that you do what it takes to get the deal done and to keep your client happy because it, it, it's one client at a time. This one's happy, the next one's happy, yeah. and so on and so forth. Sure. Uh, and I look for independent free thinkers. You know, people, you have to be able to think on your own. So you, you, you kind of, you can get a feel real quick in two, three weeks, it's like... The, while they, while yeah. you're there to guide them, you cannot have all the answers. You, you just have to, you have to be able to think outside the box here. And, and, and I'm looking for people where I say, hey, you know, here's five things that you should do this month to try to start growing your business. And then I expect you to come back and say, hey, look, we did all these things. Here's the results. I don't want to be coming to that person in a month and saying, did you do X, Y, Z? Oh, no. Why not? And, and like, mm-hmm. I can't chase you. It's not my job. Sure, to, no, it's not, it's not my job to call you and say, hey, get out of bed, go make some money. You need to be hungry, and it might, I have a, a squeaky a squeaky wheel gets the oil philosophy when I'm looking for somebody that, to join my team. You better be hungry and ready to work and and capable of doing so. You know, I really like your story of your come up. You know, going on websites, posting other brokers' rental listings on Craigslist. It's really unglamorous work. It's not. And it's really I think the challenge of finding junior agents is exactly that. Are you willing to do the unglamorous work first with the knowledge and the time commitment that is required to do what needs to get done to become successful? So I really admire what you did there. That, And I, I think the challenge is, can you find somebody like yourself that actually can is willing to do that and put in that time frame of work? Um, it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. Um, and then, and then, as you start to get, as you start to get a little bit, a little bit, you go start your business starts to grow, and you start to kind of find your stride. Uh, and for me, Compass was a huge shift in my career because I went from a very small local brokerage, um, where I was one of the only guys that spoke English on a regular basis, um, to a brokerage that had a national network, and at the time, less than a thousand agents. But I got in early, and I went to the Hamptons, and then I went to San Francisco, and That's I right. went to Aspen, That's and right. I went to vice versa. I've been to D.C. and Boston, and 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 uh, Nashville, all, and, of, them, know, yeah. all of them, all of them. And and uh, it's again, it's a survive for five business in real estate. But even building these relationships is is five years. People that I met in Boston, which was how many years ago? Two, three, three, 
That's you it. know, are now sending me. I just got a six million dollar, six seven million dollar referral from somebody you know, through 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 someone else. It, it wasn't even the agent I met, but that agent told him, "Hey, you have someone oh, let me call Lady." You know, and that's <laughs> and then and you know, so it, it takes time, and you have to be thinking about the long game. It really does. You have to be it's a long game Always. and have fun. I mean, I, you know, we go to these retreats. I tell my wife, like, <laughs> don't kid yourself. I'm, I'm going to have a, we're, no, we're going to have a, I'm going to have a great time. Like, it's not like it's boring convention stuff. And <laughs> I'm like, you know, this is not, you know, we're not, uh, you know, this is not like a builder's association meeting. You know, like, we, we go out, we have a good time. It's cocktails and drinks and food and dancing. But um, that for me is networking. That's building relationships, making friends. People like to work with people that they like. That's right. That's right. To wrap up, Danielle's got one last question. All right. Speaking of the long game, what's the future like for the Meyer Group? What are the goals over the next couple of years? So my group is doing really well, but we're not uh, we're not hundred million dollar well just yet. (laughs) Uh, You know that's I think uh, that is a that is a benchmark that most brokers aspire to is that hundred million dollar club. So we're not there yet. But um, right this this year we have our eyes set on a fifty million dollar number, uh, which is uh, somewhat ambitious compared to our, our previous years. But again, you know, we're it's it's an exponential growth, and I think this is a year where all the things are happening. So we're set on a fifty million dollar number. But I, truth be told, I'm not a, a I'm not so much of a number focused person. I think we're really looking in this next year to really set even deeper roots and sort of expand our network for the long game because 100 million is cute but you know and it's not gonna you know, it may or may not happen this year right. i'd like to i'd like it to but um but but 100 million is cute and and the the goal is really to do a whole lot more than that and so this this is the year i think where we're going to set even deeper roots focusing not on this year tomorrow but on the five ten year game plan to, to really build uh, slow slow growth uh, we're not actively looking to add members to the team but if we find the right person we're gonna we're gonna do anything we can to snatch them up um, and I think there's a component in my personal life where it will probably shift into uh, real estate investment development side of things there you go mm-hmm. uh, and then ultimately the 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 passion that burns within me but uh, <laughs> that is not necessarily real estate although I'd love it with with everything that I got um, there's a, there's a there's a dreamer in me that wants to be a filmmaker at some point in my life. Whoa! Whoa. I love that. So yeah, dropping Curveball. dropping secrets here. Yeah. But, I love but, that. But uh, but yeah, I, I you know hold me to it. There's, a, dream, a, there's gonna be a day. You know I don't know if it's now or before or after real estate investment development and and the hundred million dollar plus plus club. But at some point, uh, yeah, uh, film production, uh, maybe even music production. Although I know very little about music, but the idea of production is, is tantalizing to me and I can't shake it. Nice, I like it. Nice. You guys heard it here first. <laughs> uh, to close up, some rapid fire questions. Uh, best place to eat in South Beach? Best place to eat in South Beach? Uh, I can't say best, but I'd say most recently we ate at uh, at a place called Chotomate and it is it was amazing. What is it? The ambience is, it's like a, I think it's Peruvian Japanese fusion wow. and it's, it's a, a phenomenal environment. It has a retractable rooftop, it has trees, like pink trees that are lit up with different colors. It's uh, The food presentation is amazing. That? It's called Chotomate. That's Chotomate. C- C-H-O-T-T-O or T-O and then Mate, M-A-T-E or M-A-T-T-E. Cool. It's just off of Lincoln Road, almost a little hard to find. It is phenomenal. It's actually where Robert Refkin hosted his uh, his his, his yeah his his, his <laughs> private dinner with the the top producers of the Compass. Uh, best place, uh, best uh, party, uh, best place to party in South Beach. Uh, why do we keep saying South Beach? Right, Miami. South Beach. Best place to party in Miami. Well, I mean, the truth is, it's eleven. 
<laughs> now everyone wants to hear it, but uh, but yeah, all, all roads lead to eleven. You, know, you can go to live, 11. you can go to story, you can go, you can go to the basement, you can go whatever. That really uh, but was if you're, the theme of but, the but if you end up on the late late night, all roads end up leading to the twenty four hour district. There's space, there's eleven, and, and you know, so there are other such places. Best rooftop in Miami. Uh, best rooftop in Miami. Personal favorite is Sugar at the rooftop of the East Hotel. Uh, yep. There is a, a new uh, rooftop bar restaurant. It's actually a Greek restaurant and bar. Um, it's the only rooftop in Wynwood. It's called Astra. That's, oh. that's A-S-T-R-A. And okay. It's, it's really nice. And it's, it's literally the only rooftop in Wynwood. It's for the only place in Wynwood where you're actually going to, you, you can see clear across the rooftops mm. to a downtown, to a downtown Miami skyline. Nice. We were at Wynwood. We uh, were, we did a brief stint yeah, we, in Wynwood. Well, we, had the, we had the Mono Wynwood, the Mono Wynwood mm-hmm. takeover. Yeah. And, uh. And then, you know, and then, yeah, and then, then people dispersed into various different places. Uh, final question. Uh, you have your, fam- your lovely family, two kids. What's your favorite activity in Miami? What do you do with your family when you have time? Uh, so, uh, yeah, my wife, Lauren, big shout out to Lauren who holds down the floor. Hey, Lauren. While, hey, Lauren. <laughs> while I'm holding down the, uh, the, the while, while, while I'm out here, you know, schmoozing and, and shaking hands <laughs> and going around, she is, she is holding, holding down, down the fort, doing the hard work. Uh, and my son, Benjamin, and my daughter, Charlotte. Uh, who's uh, who are f- right now five and a half ish, and uh, Charlotte, Charlotte, who's Charlotte? Hey, yeah. Listen, five and a half, the half is very important. If I <laughs> tell Benjamin, Benjamin, he's five, and he's daddy, it's five and a half. Yeah, of course. Oh. So, and uh, Charlotte, who's turning th- uh, four in March, my Ooh, goodness. My goodness. Um, um, but anyways, um, our, our my favorite pastime with them. Is is obviously taking them out on the boat. The, the kids yes. love the boat. Benjamin yeah. likes to climb up on the bow. He holds oh, on to the windshield. He's splashing on the on the on the wake, and he's calling out for wake. And uh-huh. then it's you know, Charlotte's crying in the back that I'm going too fast. It's a great time. <laughs> Everybody's. Happy. But I then no, she likes to find an island that we could dock up at, and then you know, so it's 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 it's, it's it takes Miami to a new level when you get out on the water. Oh, I love it. All right, guys, listen, I'm just to wrap up. Lady, thank you for your time. I appreciate you coming wait, on. Wait, 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 wait. I know we're running on punch short time. This, but this, wait, did we, this is part the, the, one. The, 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 but the script said I get to ask Talk a question. Whatever you want. All right, we're opening up the next podcast where I get to ask Talk my question. Stay, Stay tuned. Stay tuned, ladies. Stay tuned. Part one of Lady, everybody. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Thank you for the having me. The Real Talk Podcast. The, the, big, the, the big brown dog jumped over the lazy fox. You have a large voice. Don't, don't, don't <coughs> put your face into the mic. Go ahead, right there. Can we get some more tequila? In what here? are you doing uh, in New York? Um, I I was in Naples for the holidays, and uh, it was a rainy day. There wasn't much to do, so we went to an outlet mall just north of Naples, uh-huh. and I got a really great deal on a coat. <laughs> and I thought it would be about time that I take it out you for a spin. Yeah. Oh. So I brought you guys a little cold weather. It was a 27. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. Um, and that's it. I'm, I'm really... So you're here to test I'm, the coat out. I'm just like, I got a new coat. I want to drive it, you know? Okay. Makes sense. Um, no, I actually came to meet with... I came to meet with... Uh, I came to meet with a, a developer, uh, you know, sort of a, a developer, property owner, investor uh, that a compensation agent referred me to mm-hmm. uh, just to... Just to continue the conversation, and I figured I would piggyback that into just re-engaging and networking with agents at Compass. You've got to. Makes yeah, sense. Megan was, just, Megan was just here doing just that. I'd say, I can't let Megan beat me to the punch. Shaking hands, shaking asses. Yeah.
She was like sending oh, out metal blasts, shaking, shaking, shaking asses. Like, can we put that That's in the podcast? Phrase. No, I'm not putting that in the podcast. Oh, you, you so you have the loudest voice so far out of anyone that we've interviewed. Oh no, no I'm great. good. And then when I laugh, forget it. Don't which get me great, it's like it's like I'm the bear. <laughs> It's so hot in here that the, I'm like, then I'm going to... You should sh- take it off. No, because I feel like I'm in New York. I have to look the York part. Look, yeah. yeah. Okay. So what you want to do is... Can we get that now. any lower? Maybe like right in my chin? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you want to put that... Do you want to bring uh, one ream of paper back? Okay. One ream. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. All right, really here. quick. Say I'll this. Just, I have the distance of the length of this office, and I'll be right back. Okay. Great. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, and